Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Get Into It. We are recording out of Pink Taco, the tequila room. Yeah. Well, I want to welcome um, my co-host, uh, Rod Titty Rinks. What up? Thank you. That was very nice. Davey Dave results. on the ones and twos. What's up? Man? Missed you, bro. Miss yeah. you guys. Why didn't you uh, come to New oh, York with us? Don't Here we start, go, Robert. Come on, man. Look at Start all kinds of fellow for no reason. No, that, that's what he does. I'm just saying. Because it was your birthday, right? Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah happy Thank birthday. You. Well, anyway, I had some drinks in New York for you. We did. Thank you. That's cute. Robert yeah. genuinely wakes up happy, too. I was like, you know, I can see over that. there. He wakes up. Yeah. Dude. Pops out of bed. What's there not to be shower. happy about? That's Every day there's like all this opportunity and... I'll tell you something about this podcast, though. We have been talking about content because it's no longer about just movies or you're not just a filmmaker. You know, you're a content provider. I only made movies for a long time. And when I was at Universal, it started becoming really hip to hire film producers to do television stuff. And that's when I started moving over into Mexico's Top Model. Which I sh- had no business doing as no. a filmmaker, right? <laughs> I know why you did it, player. I know. Just I kidding, man. Just it. kidding. No, I did it because it was an exciting opportunity to do something that I didn't normally do. But today, we're going to talk to someone who is an entrepreneur, went into filmmaking because he loved it. It was his passion. Yeah. And uh, and he's here today with us to tell us his story, and we might get into you know working together and doing some other stuff, right? That's the idea. So why don't you introduce him? He and he did his first movie. I, I was looking at today. Yeah, fifteen grand, right? Yep. Six ten? No, six thirty. Six thirty. Yeah. In his bio, it says zero budget. <laughs> right. Did it say zero? On technically, that? No. it was technically in the movie terms, it's zero budget, but yeah, but it's it was fifteen. G's. Yeah, 15 15 G's. estimated fifteen. The next was one thirty-five. My good friend Christian says, "What's yeah, up?" Buddy. Here we go. Boop, boop. Bring it, bring it, bring it. <laughs> so Cespa and I met years. How many years? Yeah, ago we now? met like in I don't know 2013, something like yeah, that. Yeah, somewhere right around there. Yeah, uh, tap out. That's tap right. out he, films. He was a writer. He wrote a script. Uh, Shulman and Lopez were gonna make. Yeah, about uh, it's Ko Lopez. Ko Lopez. That's right. Lopez knocks out a. What was the premise? It was again? like basically like a semi reality, like an entourage style reality thing. Where That's like right. Showcase Lopez's boxing skills, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Tap out films supposed to do it, which basically no longer exists. Right. And uh, it was basically kind of this like entourage style. We follow Mario on this semi reality thing where yeah. he basically like knocks out a real MMA fighter. Who and was becomes the fighter? Like, oh, wow. And here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. At the time. It was a little known fighter coming up named Luke Rockhold. Dude, we were all at a meeting yeah. with him, and they're like, "He's the next thing." We're like, "Okay, this is yeah. this guy's cool." And I looked, I'm like, "He's just like a good looking white dude from like the OC." I'm like, "This guy's like a badass." Oh, yeah. that dude's the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Lopez was pushing for like the Iceman, right? For uh, Liddell, Liddell yeah. or somebody with name. Oh wow, really? Yeah, at the time, I and mean, we were yeah. all kind of connected with all that. He's whole... the Iceman too. Yeah, everyone's the Iceman. Hey, there's yeah. only one Iceman. Well, there's only one OG Iceman, Who's Richard Kuklinski, the Hitman. Come on, you guys all saw. What about oh, the guy, guy Cessna was in the I'm car? I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about Val Kilmer, bro. Kilmer, oh, that's right. dude. That's Val the real Iceman. It's too bad. It's too bad he didn't come with you because I would have said that's where I took my tag name from, Iceman, dude. He's, you, oh wait, you, that's right. You, you go by the ice. Look at you come out ice with Roberts. Tutty. Yeah, Tutty's in this movie. <laughs> come out to the desert, hang out. You'll see Kilmer. Oh, that's right. That you're in the same movie, bro. How's he doing? Oh, nice. He's he doing? good. He's yeah? good. Yeah. Good. Health-wise, he's great. Excited. Coming uh, back. He's really Making coming back. Let's go backwards. I want to know what you're doing now. Are you directing? Are you producing? Are you doing a combination all, yeah, of both? So yeah. you're doing it all. You're filmmaking. I'm a filmmaker, right? 
um, was shooting uh, Louisiana, which that kind of fell apart at the end, and we had to go back to shoot some more with Cage. And what's the movie? It's called Ten Double Zero. It's Nicholas Cage and uh, uh, Terrence Howard and stuff like that. And we were in Baton Rouge for like four months, man, long wow. time. So we got to go back and shoot some more on that. That's a whole different. And story. what's that movie about? It's like a cop revenge thing. It's like Heat. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's a cool flick. Um, and so we just came back and a lot of the posse was still together. I was like, man, I got to shoot something before Christmas, man. Like I got to shoot something. And this opportunity came my way. And the guy was like, yo, can you, you think you shoot back in the desert the way we did this other movie a couple of years back desert, meaning my hometown. I live in Palm Springs, Coachella Valley's like born and bred. And I said, yeah, key to indie filmmaking. Always say yes. Yeah, That's right. right. <laughs> always say yes, man. Like always be the guy that just goes, yeah. And then you'll figure it out. Right. Yeah, like exactly. I've always been, I've trusted myself. I trust my instincts and my skill set to just figure it the fuck out. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's some real Latino shit right there. Let's yeah. be real. Like yeah. we didn't come from a generation and a people's that say no to shit. We figure it the fuck out. Yeah. That's just Very me real true. talking. No, yeah, that's, that's true. So, true. You're right. Um, so I did that. I wrote the script like quick, really fast. Wait a minute. Say, so you wrote, I wrote you're directing, it, you're producing. Right. Got it. So and I have like a producing partners that I work with and stuff and, we got a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're of, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we got some money together, and I called some buddies up. Um, Luke Goss I did some yeah. movies with who did, you know, Blade and Hellboy and a bunch of stuff. He's a British actor, and I got... Uh, you got some fans here. Did you hear that? Yeah. I heard that. <laughs> bunch of cackles. We got a party yeah. going on up close by. That's uh, awesome. Val Kilmer. Um, so it's a cool little heist movie. Yeah. Rodney Brinks. Rodney Brinks is up. in it. That's Are you in it? Up. Yeah, yeah, the little part for him. So you're literally starting bef- the week like before Christmas, two Three weeks, weeks before. Yeah. So we we start like the December 9th and we wrap it right before Christmas. What's been interesting about the business lately, and you know the the, the and I want to I want to hear your opinion. the The way people are viewing content is changing so fast. It's way different. Yeah, that um that it is very interesting now to look at as a producer to say, you know, you just don't need all those trucks. You just right. don't need all those people. You just don't need all of that additional stuff sitting around and being paid for. You can do stuff on, you can do content with minimal amounts of crew and minimal amounts of um, equipment. You can. Um, and you do. I mean, it's and not, I think it's, you it's should. Being done all the time. I think you should. I mean, it's not, Look, when you, when you can take an Alexa camera and shoot in low light the way you can do now, yeah, it's crazy. That's a vi- I mean, and it's also the lenses we met with no, Dan Lopez thing, about yeah. it. It's the whole thing. But when you can shoot that way, you know, you grab a couple of Alexa minis and yeah. go shoot your movie. What Robert Rodriguez set up making a seven thousand dollar movie works better today than it did back then. That's and literally what I'm here. Like I read. Rebel Without a Crew on a hospital bed. I read bed. that about you. On a yeah. hospital bed. 10 minute dying, movie. Bro. Or what was it? Yeah, ten, 10 minute film school. Yeah, 10 minute film school. Literally dying from a ruptured appendix. I was dying on the hospital bed. And I read that. And I was already a film buff. Read that. And I was like, man, I think I'm going to try. Like, I just, it was one of those huge life changing moments where, like, the clouds parted and, you know, seven pound baby Jesus came down. And he was like, <laughs> no, six pound, eight, six ounce, pound, right? eight ounce, right? <laughs> six pound, eight ounce, little baby Jesus. So, anyways, it's a true story though. Yeah. I read that in the house. I had nothing else to do but just do that. Shake and bake, baby. Shake, Shake and, and bake. bake. I read that and I was like, I'm going to do a short film. I think I'm going to do a short film. I think this will be cool. And uh, a year later to that, uh, to the day I yeah. did a short film and that started the whole thing. But I credited it like 
to that whole posse. Yeah. A lot of us have moments like that. Because when I was 27, my appendix burst. No way. Yeah. I was 27. Did we just become best friends? I know. We did. <laughs> I did a weekend in Palm Springs with my friends, like 15 of my buddies. And that Monday or Tuesday, I went into the hospital. I was in the hospital for 10 days. Dude. Being drained, right, of all that fluid. That's that trippy. Had been in, yeah. And I, while I was in the hospital, I read, a, I read a book, not that book, but I read a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. Right. And that changed my life Yep. because I started to realize, uh, what's up, dude? Look who just walked in. Hey, what's up, G? Giovanni Rodriguez. Sorry, buddy. Gio. Um, Gio. What do you want to drink? No, I'm drinking, dude. I'm good. Yeah, no. um, but anyway, I read The Power, power of Positive Thinking, yep. and it started to change, uh, change how I viewed my life. Cool, because nothing's going to get past that point. You're like, I just yeah, I almost went died. through that. Yeah, you almost yeah. died. After that? Okay, sorry, this actor called in sick today, or like somebody said no and shut the door. He didn't like the script. Nothing's right. gonna get past those points. You know what's? I You're tell like, you, fine. Let's just keep going. You know what's sad about about the business when it comes to not growing up in the industry or not growing up with money is that each time I did a film, you know, I think I started my first thing was fifty grand. Mm-hmm. Then the next one was two hundred. Then yeah. the next one was seven fifty. Mm-hmm. Then the next one was. A million. Then the next one was two, three, four, right up to five. And each time I was pretty sure I could never get that amount of money. Right. Each time I thought, 200, no one will ever give me 200. And then I get the 200. And then no one will ever give me 750. And then I get the 750. And I think it's unfortunate because I, I feel like I could have done a lot more with my career at a younger age had I just believed. That it was all around me impossible. You know what that that's a cultural thing, man. Like I don't think I've said this a bunch of times. I'll say this again. I say this for us as Latinos, we're not raised in that kind of culture yet. I think I really do believe that. I think that we've been conditioned to think that the pie is this. And that's not the game. I'll say like I always say I'm like, yeah, we're trying to get white folk money, but that's it's a generational thing. We haven't been raised to think that there is no pie. There's a limitless amount yeah. of money and resources and they've raised us to think no 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 here's the pie and this is the only slice you guys it's a slice that you guys have to divvy up and that's all you get when i'm slicing the pie i slice myself the smallest piece right why is that i'm i really i swear to you i've dealt with that too i was like i think it's a cultural thing yeah i think it's like for me i'm I'm, I'm gonna talk to about like for myself i hear my dad say hey it's the mijo it's that like just do it. Don't complain about nothing. Yeah. Don't ask for much, Michael. You know, just just work your ass off. Yeah. And then you got you know you know Joe Joe Smith down the street. That's like, oh yo, my dad just hooked me up, bought me a house, flipped it over. Now we're making millions. And I'm, my dad's like, well, just go build. You know what I'm saying? It's a yeah. cultural thing. We yeah. haven't been taught that. It's yeah. like generational wealth. All those things. That's part of a different game. I think Latinos are barely like they're, we're starting to understand that as a whole. But I think it's it's a really big thing. We gotta um, we gotta keep pushing. Yeah. You know, I I was talking to my brother about this the other day. Um, con- you know, content is changing how we view yeah. it for sure. But the content that we're viewing is also evolving. Totally. Like I saw a thing on Netflix, uh, Hassan Minaj. It was called Homecoming King. Have you seen this? Uh-oh. It's good. Anybody? No. no. You saw it. Giovanni saw it. Gio saw it. Anyway, it's um. It's an in, it's you know it's an immigrant story right. about a kid who's an immigrant 
who's you know one of our finest comedians, but he comes from an Im- immigrant family. Uh, I think his dad is Muslim and Indian, wow. which is really complicated. Yeah. And he tells his whole story about, you know, how he kind of lived through 9-11 and how he fell in love with a white girl. And what was cool about it is I related to it, even though we're not we're completely different cultures. Right. There was a time when that wasn't possible, where you couldn't connect with another culture True. and and be like, wow, that's like me, right. you know? It yeah. was always very, I'm Mexican-American, I'm Mexican, and it, it felt very like, that's the box I'm in. Right. Like, I don't get anything else. I don't understand you. Be yep. happy with what you got, Miko. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. But I think now, because of media, because, um, because everyone's more open to, like, if you're smart, if you're great, if you're creative, yeah. you get the job. Um, you know, it's changed things. You're watching, you know, even Dave Chappelle's latest um, comedy stand-up, which yeah. is called Sticks and Stones. You know, I had to watch it twice. I was like, holy mackerel. Did he just say all that shit that Eddie Murphy would have said like in the 80s? Yep. It was amazing. It's anyway, good. if you haven't seen any of those two, I'd go, I'd go run and watch them. And Hassan Minaj's Homecoming King was so powerful that I showed my kid, who's 12, right. showed my wife, and I watched it again with them right. because it, I was like, is this as good as I think it is? Right. And then they loved it. But, but nice. it's speaking towards how we're watching content and what the availability of this content is now. I mean, it's like, if you're great, if you're doing good movies, if you're doing writing great scripts, yeah. it will get seen. It will get made. Totally, right? There's just a ton of money out there. there There's is. all kinds of places to see it. And I, I don't know if I said this on the show or not before, but you've got really big companies starting streamers now. And those streamers so are saying, Hey, big company, Give me a bunch of money because yep. we got to populate the streamer with a bunch yep. of product yep. because people are going to be paying seven or eight or ten bucks yep. to own this and to watch it. And if there's nothing on here, right. they're not going to stay. So all of this dough of is flowing into Huge. these streamers that are all going, gimme, 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 yep. gimme, you know? Tons. Yep. So pretty cool. Three beers just showed up. Oh my gosh. Nice. Three beers out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> so, Christian, let's get back to you, bro. I love to philosophize about uh right. about, we could we could just rock it yeah, out about all things uh film. Right. But um but really That's let's all t- you don't really I want to talk about your career. <laughs> I want to talk about your career, how you got there. So yeah. now that we know what you're working on now, you're doing a film for three weeks in, in December. Right. It's called Pay Dirt. Pay Dirt. Um but let's go back to the beginning. Let's go. Where did you grow up at? Palm Springs, California. Okay. Went to Palm Springs High. Uh in the restaurant business, my family had a uh, Mexican restaurant for 30 years there. In Palm Springs, what was it called? 30, guacamoles. I bet you I ate there. It's a little, it was like a little Baja Fresh style joint before Baja Fresh On started. 111? Nah, it was on Sunrise and Ramon, which okay. is kind of the other main streets. Grew up there, grew up in the restaurant, went to San Diego State. Are you thinking about movies at this point? Not. No, I was only a gigantic movie buff, right? right. Gigantic movie fan. I, Every weekend watching movies, always, I mean, just always watching movies. Did you go to TJ when you were in San Diego State? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I won't say where. <laughs> Wait, was there movie, th- what, what movie theaters were there in Palm Springs? It was, was like there the a Camelot bunch? Theater. Oh, yeah, the Camelot. Like, yeah, yeah, there was like these old school movie theaters I grew up in. So, went to San Diego and came back and was supposed to franchise the restaurant out with my dad. My appendix ruptured, just like your story. On the, ended when up you're 27? The- yeah, dude, I went. No, no, I, yeah, it was like we should do a documentary about that because you know a it's lot of weird. a lot of people died of heroin at, at 27. twenty-seven. 
Uh, Janis Joplin, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Jim Morrison, Morrison. Yeah. and you and I now Street as tripping. appendix at twenty seven. So bros. maybe there's maybe there's more <laughs> more celebrities that got their appendix bursting at twenty seven. But that shit's dangerous, yeah, man. Like, I I, so. dude, they that well, shit was it's a, leaking into your body, bro. They it's had to good. take out all my all my every like organs and wash them and put them back in. All right, settle Damn. down. It really? was bad. It was real, yeah, dog. If it gets real bad, it was really bad. See, I, my my hospital wasn't that sophisticated. They were like, oh, I guess let's see if we let's see if we can drain them. Oh, where's the priest? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're like, shit, you got shit. insurance? Oh, no, too oh, bad. Man, no joke. <laughs> so you're thinking about franchising and did, did you guys that? franchise? No, we didn't. Oh, wait a minute. So when you when your appendix burst, it sidelined the business plan? Everything. Oh, wow. Everything sidelined. Like it was literally like the universe stepping in and going, nah, you think this is where your life's going to go. And you think that's your plan, but that's not really your plan. Here's the real plan. I so think that's you, that's where really. So happened. you're Crazy. thinking about franchising this awesome business All that you stuff. guys have, and you get your year. your appendix bursts, and while you're laying in bed, literally, literally laying in bed with painkillers and all Open. that stuff, you read what book while you're in there? I was reading Rebel Without a Crew. Robert Rodriguez is a big theme in this show, Huge, man. Bro. Yes. I mean, we need to bring him on this thing. It was, that was it. I mean, that, I say that all the time. I'm like, if I didn't read that book, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have gone into this. I always say that. I go, if it, what, what's the one thing? It was that. And then now it's like all these years later, I mean, we've traveled the world, done this. My family has traveled. We've gone to freaking Europe. I mean, it's all because of that incident. So yeah. you read the book and read then the book, what happens? And I just was like, it just, however life hits you and goes, I don't know how to explain it. I just was like, I think I could do a short film. That was it. It there was no. Did you have an idea? No, no. Just like I think I can do. A I short think film. I could just do a short film. I think that would be cool. I don't know why, where that came from. And I remember telling my aunt there, my that one rich aunt. It was the one rich aunt. We had that one like my tia, my tia Irma. It was my one rich aunt. I was like, was I think I'm gonna do one. a short film. And she was like, okay, Miko, that's good. Blah blah blah. That's nice. So literally, like six <laughs> months later, I hit her up. I go, hey. This is my plan, but I had a plan. Like I, I got out there and I, I didn't know how to script, right? Yeah. And I remember I bought, I bought Pulp Fiction, I bought American Beauty, and I bought, I bought one more, but because I, I needed to learn the format, because I was a good writer from college, right? I, but I didn't understand how to do that. So I, was studying the, the format of how to write a script. I mean, there's a, there's a way to do it. What did you study at state? Not anthropology, not, cultural oh, anthropology. anthropology. Oh, okay. So by trade, like cultural anthropologist, like yeah. human behavior, human nature, all that kind of shit. But anyways, long story short, read those books, whatever. I wrote a little short film. It was really cute. And I asked my aunt, I'm like, hey, she was like, I'll give you some, I'll give you a little money. And so she gave me like oh, a thousand bucks or something like that. Ooh. Just like here, here you go. I was like, cool. Bought a little camera. We just shot it, and I, I, the way I did that film, because it was the very first thing, it was like I did it with no actors, like because I didn't know any. Yeah. So I shot it's about it was about a quarter. It was called Cycles. It was about a quarter that goes on this journey of discovery yeah. through its like adventures of exchange, right? So with that way, I can just shoot a quarter. I don't have to film any actors' faces. I don't have to do any of that, and I could just kind of teach myself as I go. I did this little thing. Fuck, I don't know how it got into the short film festival, but it got into the Palm Springs Festival of Short Films, which wow. is a big deal. By the way, it's yeah. a really big That's deal. That's a big yeah. short film fest. Yeah. How, bro, my kid could do a better job today. I don't know, but I saw <laughs> it. I, they liked it, and it was cool. But that was that validation, that kind of like cosmic validation. goes, hey, you're on the right track. Keep going. Yeah. Where right. did your next deal come from? I did another short film and kind of 
broke my chops on that and it was more action oriented. I was like, man, I'm kind of good at this. And then I started kind of going, all right, this is kind of good. And, people and you were like, directed the first. Always. Yeah. And you directed always, the next. Yeah. Man, write, direct, produce, produce edit, score, nice. mix, the whole shit. The whole thing. I mean, it was the whole thing. So yeah. it was like, but the, the beauty of that is now, what are you going to tell me, bro? I've done it all. Like, yeah. Now you can go to every department and go, yeah, that's not how you're going to do yeah. it. We're going to do it this way. Why? Because you've, you've taught yourself all the way through. So then I, and then I came to, then I did two shorts and I was like, yo, you're not for me. I was like, I, I'm not shit if I don't do my first feature. How did the second short go? How did it do? It was too, like, it was fine. It just was like, it didn't go anywhere. It right. just sat there because I was, it was kind of the interim thing that taught me, okay, you're kind of good at this. And it was cool. Yeah. And it got, it had a little thing, and then, and then I called Tia Irma all yeah. over again. Yeah, oh yeah, Tia, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do this thing. I, but you know, but Look I knew how she rolled, oh, so I put together home? a little business okay. plan. Yeah, yeah. But I put together a little business plan, a deck, what was at that time a deck, all that kind of shit. And I needed like actual cash. She was like, all right, here's, I think it was like six G's, seven G's. Here's like a little chunk. I remember my dad like gave me like another five. And this, wait, five hundred or five thousand? Five thousand. Wow. How much did you get from Irma? Six, seven, something like that. So, really? Well, yeah. So they were like, oh, we they believe were, in you. They were yeah, that was you. the yeah. thing. Because by that time, they had seen my little short films and the thing. Yeah. They start seeing that. They've seen the other things. you know, And they're like, mm, okay, there's something here. And we did a first, the first feature like for you know 15000 bucks. It was just to pay for like food and some hotels and shit. And at the time, and it was a big deal, man. And it got mm. bought and put out by this little company. But it was everywhere, bro. It was in Blockbuster, Fries, everywhere. And I, again, it's that kind of like cosmic, like, yo, you're on the right track. Keep what's, going. What's Blockbuster? Right, exactly. <laughs> it was right before just that. Just kidding. Right before that. Yeah. So, I mean, after that, we've just been kind of like you're saying, stepping it up, stepping it up as we went. Yeah. And, you know. What, what was the first film after your second short? It was called 630. Yeah. And, that's and the one that we did for like. For 15,000? You know, okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk about this. Yeah. What was the film after the $15,000 movie? It was a little horror movie called On Bloody Sunday for Warner Home Video. But at the time, again, it was like, yo, my second thing is a Warner Brothers logo in front of my shit. That's, That's awesome. amazing, yeah. yeah 135, like, oh. right? 135 grand? Yeah, it was, was yeah, I think it ultimately came out to like 160. Where did you get that. that money at? Private equity. Did you meet them while you Bro, were showing that, your now last That's short? something that I could always chalk up to serendipity. Yeah, what happened? I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you where these things come from. I really couldn't. Yeah, but like, where did there the hasn't money, been like a who, how did you meet the investor? A friend of a friend. Oh, really? They it was like, hey. I'm like trying to do a movie. I was like, okay, this is what's up. We want to do a little horror film, this, that, and the other. Like, that's what's selling out here. And I just was like trying to get it just it was one of those things. And then And you sold it to Warner Home Video. Yeah. So you probably made all your money back on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, then they're some, fine right? on that. Yeah. Yeah, they were cool. Like, Same investors to, to moving on to the next or no, different? No, next was a somebody else completely different. And that was the one I consider like my first real movie. What was the name of that? Shoot the Hero. Yeah. Shoot the Hero. Yeah. Trailer looks good. I watched it today. Yeah, Shoot the Hero was cool. That was like what I call my thesis. Like yeah. if I was going to go to film school, that would be the thesis. That's wow. what I would say. Nice. Because that was like your first real movie. And I've always said for me, man, like my whole film school is out on display. Yeah. Good, bad, and ugly. And I've had to like hit those. You've had to get hit on the chin, man. If you're out there putting your shit out as an artist, yeah. learning in front of the, in front of the public, that's a different, that's a different thing yeah. to deal with as opposed to going to film school and you're insulated and you're trying shit out. You're doing short films. This is shitty. That's pretty cool. This is, you know what I mean? So I was like, here it is, man. This is it. Yeah. So 
it's been that learning process for me. Yeah. So it's been an interesting road. Was there a movie you made where you thought, "This is what I do"? I shoot the hero. And that was how much did you? How much was that the was budget half a million? All right, so shoot the hero. Who yeah. was in that? It was Jason Mewes, Danny Trejo, Fred Williamson, you know, Turturro, Nick Turturro. And Jason was just coming off of, uh, I think it was like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And was that indie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. all, and you raised all the money for that yourself? Uh-huh. I've never used a foreign distributor in my entire career. Right. I've never gotten money from a bank. I've yep. never had a bond. Yeah. None of that stuff. Yeah. They're banking on you, man. They're like... We trust you 100%. Right. I've never taken that lightly, man, especially coming from like like self-taught. I wasn't you're like, okay, yeah. this is all on you. So yeah. I've always taken that with the utmost gratitude and like, okay. So you do shoot the hero yeah. and you're starting to think, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is going to work. The, that was the moment. What was next? Quitting the restaurant. Whoa, quitting the restaurant. Hitting that was it. Home. That was the quitting the day job moment. Testing, testing. Yeah. <laughs> like that's when I set, that's when I stopped and I was like, this is where this is where I felt life was taking me. Yeah. And that's what that's that was the big step, you know, and obviously dad's like, "Wait. What was the next thing after that?" Uh, a, a Latino comedy called I'm Not Like That No More with oh, yeah. uh Felipe Esparza, Paul Rodriguez, a few other comedians and stuff like that. And um Felipe Esparza, it must have been early in his career He then. just had one last comic standing. Oh, really? He had just won it. So that was his kind of. I almost movie. remember watching him on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was good. He was, he was good. good. And this is ba- this is somebody came to me and was like, "Hey, could you do something?" And it was through actually Nick Turturro. He's yeah. like, "I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with this investor guy, <laughs> and this guy. He's he has a couple. You know, he has a little bit of money." He got, so it's this kind of thing. Like he's backing Felipe and his stand-up material. Could you write something around his stand-up? I go, "Yeah." <laughs> That's a great Nick Turturro impression. But I'm saying uh, the amount of. Um, the material you had to deal with tons. was tons, right? Yeah, yeah. it was cool. Because he had stories. He was a storyteller. Yeah, and it's funny. It's like, man, I wish today I wish I would have done that better. Because at the time, again, the the Latino market was still fledgling at the time. It just felt like they weren't ready for that. I think today it would have done so much better, man. Yeah. And I I, also, but the producer was first time, and he was green. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know how to put it out. Was that Hatton? No, no. Hatton didn't come around until later. Okay. But, um, yeah, there's just a new guy, like, uh, just a whatever a private equity guy so yeah but that was a fun movie it was cute man i yeah. liked it a lot it was cute Com- was that your only dive in the comedy i think that so, was right? a good one yeah i knew well shoot the hero is an action comedy is it action yeah. oh yeah yeah it is like vigilante diaries is a comedy action comedy like they're all pretty funny they're all like funny in a guy richie sort yes. of way you know yeah yeah they're not That's necessarily true. grounded in reality you know yeah <laughs> you know what? You have a lot. You have a lot of fans here, dude. Yeah, that's me. That's all for me. Hey, ladies. You said you said the name of your last movie, and they went crazy. Um, so you started working with foreign distributors. You started you started doing uh, movies with stars, and yeah. things started working out. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. But you're still you're still grinding on this thing. I mean, I didn't have any like high powered agent yet. I didn't have any managers yet. It was still just me. Hustling out, yeah. When did, away. when did things uh, change for you? Jeez, I don't know. I think... Um, Vigilante? After Vigilante Diaries? That was a big one, but before that it led up, it was like a movie called The Night Crew and AWOL oh, yeah. and things like that. It was a kind of like a string of action movies that kind of started stepping up to bigger, a bigger world and real yeah. money and things like that. Yeah. So well, what did those... What, was the, what were the budgets around? It was like those? a million bucks. Yeah, a million yeah. dollars. They were each like a million bucks. So that's around the range from that, but I mean... You know, and I teamed up with a phenomenal cinematographer who was like my boy and started building a team. 
yeah. know, I think around that time, 2013, I started building a team that like was my was my click. You know, it was like a producing team, uh, cinematographer guy. I mean, these were these are the things because it was like if you have a team around you, yeah, that's yeah. Pr- that's proven. It's a big it's a big deal, and it's a, there's a lot of power in that. You use the same editor, says me. I have the same editor. You know, that's like it's again, it's one of those things where it's like. There's a formula that came about the movie called The Night Crew. And I was like, yo, this came out great. Big action, little bit of money, and it was the same guy. I mean, like the edit my editor did like, you know, Underworld and movies like that and, yeah. you know, obviously and then cinematographer did a bunch of stuff and producing partners did a bunch of stuff and yeah. you know, so this team started kind of we started growing and doing more more movies together. How many yeah. films would you say you were doing uh, are you doing a year? At the time, I was doing like a couple a year, couple of year, two or yeah. three a year at the time, and then um, we did Vigilante Diaries. What I felt hit the ceiling of indie action. Yeah. It just you hit the ceiling, in my opinion. I was like, you're not going to get bigger than that. That movie's gigantic. Yeah, like for an indie film. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you see, you've seen it. It's big, dude. It's really big. And I'll and I'll take the Pepsi challenge with anybody on that one. I'll be like, yeah. show me something. Yeah. I'll say it. Nice. I'll be like, that's like a Mission Impossible Fast and Furious movie for under a million bucks. And right. that spawned from the web series that right. you originally that we made were at Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yo, we went to Europe on that. We we're in Armenia. We shot in London. We shot in Glasgow. What for wow. a million yeah. bucks? Yeah. yeah. And that movie's big, man. It's it's a big. It's a and you big... kept it small, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a again because I built this team in a formula, we were able to apply that overseas the same exact way. That's the way. And come it. out with the same quality. So. Yeah, we took our Reds over, took our drones over. I mean, we were in Armenia for two weeks. We were in London for a week. We were in Glasgow for like three days. When you're overseas, do you do permits? Is that Does it all work? Yeah, in no. The same? London had like, so London has like, anybody can go shoot London for free with a crew of under like seven people or something oh, wow. like that. Okay. Okay, cool. I was like, sick. Me, the camera guy, a sound guy, and two actors, yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's how we that, did it. That's how I saw some pics, because you posted some pics. I don't yeah. even think Instagram. I think it was yeah. like Facebook or something. Yeah. And it looked, it, dude, it was exactly that. It was like a camera guy, a lighting guy, him. Yeah. Like, it was well, real What small. else do you need, dude? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And we were like right under Big Ben. We're shooting in front of the eye. Yeah, but the footage. Like, we're in the two. Did awesome. anyone come up to you and go like, hey, uh, no, nobody. Nothing. Really? Not one person. So you just had to control the, the traffic. Yeah. But yeah. we, like, that was part of the scene. I mean, we went to Piccadilly Square. Wow. We were wow. right down the middle shooting right, in, <laughs> which is like Times Square. Yeah. So that was the thing. And that was HBO's first acquisition for a movie under a million dollars action movie. Oh, so wow. in 10 years. Wow. HBO hadn't like acquired. And, and Who that did was you deal with at HBO? Chris Grundon? Or you probably, I didn't do that. Dude, you didn't no. do it. You that was Hatton, it. like our, okay. uh, my other producing part. And Nick Villalonga with Green Book, you know? He did uh, Green Book? Yeah, he's a writer, producer of Green Book. Oh, so awesome. that's my producing partner on a, lot, a bunch of stuff. Love amazing. So that's part of the team, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're working with some amazing people. That's yeah. great. That's terrific. Well, yeah. congratulations. Well, you've had yeah. a pretty awesome career, dude. Shit. Yeah, I'm ready to get started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how I feel, man. I'm like, cool, that was the warm-up. Let's roll. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Next there, step. Do you have, you have a role for Gio over here? <laughs> yeah, boy. What you got to do? Gio's <laughs> from Chuli. He's from nice. the same hometown. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Chula Vista. He was in. Uh, he was in. His story is pretty cool. He was in Triple Frontier. Oh yeah. He was. He was a PA. He was oh, a no PA. Way. They said, "Hey, you speak Spanish." Nice. <laughs> he speaks Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, he's opposite <laughs> uh, Pedro Pascal. And- but you know what's interesting about uh, San Diego State and and the San Diego colleges is that a lot of talent comes out of there. 
Thank it was you, a great Robert. town, I man. Appreciate it. You know, it's yeah, I'm serious. A lot of pe- <laughs> a lot a lot of great talent came out of those colleges. I know editors. I've worked with lots of people that have been uh, out of the San Diego State um, film film community. department. Yeah, yeah. I hear yeah. a lot of good things about. Yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, Criminal Justice Department too. Good filmmakers come out. Who's of that? that? I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Me fool. Me fool. I didn't finish. <laughs> of course I did it. <laughs> you were there for like two months. No, I was there two, for like two four, five years. I didn't finish. Five years. Okay, moving on. Finish <laughs> Hashtag moving on. Wow, we got to get into that. Let's get into that. No, keep going. Um, what came of it all? After 2017, I re like I like I, what I felt is I hit a ceiling. Right, I did like I did Vigilante Diaries, and the company was like, "Yo, can you do these other TV, TV movies?" And I was what like, company, yeah. "What company? What company was talking about that?" It was Sci-Fi Channel. Okay, got it. So I did two movies for Sci-Fi Channel to keep the lights on, is what I say. Because I was like, dude, you're a working artist, man. And I was like, they're not my projects, but they were dangling a carrot. I was like, fine, I'll take that. But after that, I went, I'm gonna, I, that's when I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not going to do that again. Because yeah. that's not on brand. That's not what I want to do. That's not my ultimate goal or my vision for what my future is. Gun for Hire as a director. Writer, director, yeah. Writer, director. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's, by the way, that's pretty cool. It is cool. And I, you know, look, I did the first one because I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. It was my first kind of like mix into like the sci-fi, like visual effects world, right? Yeah. So I want to do some visual effects heavy because I not hadn't done that yet. The second one was like, yo, uh, the wife's like, we need to pay mortgage, dude. Let's do <laughs> yeah. this. I was like, fuck, okay. It was like that. But after that, I was like, this isn't because they want to. A lot of times, this business, you get they pigeonhole you to this, right? They'll be like, hey, you can turn these around for us, yeah, all the time on a budget and blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but that's not me. So I had to kind of reassess who I was, get all new reps, get new managers, new agents, all that kind of stuff and go, okay, this is where I want to go. And you had to get a, a new team on board that supports where you were going to go as an artist now. And what is it that you want to do? Make mainstream content for the Latino space. Yeah. Nice. That's, nice. that's basically it. I mean, that's because it's like, for me, for me, my taste is mainstream taste, right? It's like. I'm not the art house guy. I'm not the Sundance guy. I'm like, you know, the Favreau, Justin Lin, whatever guy. You know, yeah. that's who I am. And that's kind of my taste. That's where I'm going with it. That's the projects I want to do. That's projects I've created. And that takes time. Like, those take time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, you get a new team together, that's a different story. And so, you know, with a, with a better agency and managers and this, that, and the other... Those things start taking place, and new partnerships and new producers start coming around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of that's where we're at now. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, like, yeah. I mean, that's super interesting. Have, did you read about the termination of the longstanding legal rules for movie distribution and the, the movie theaters? Yeah, it's about yeah. the movie theaters. Yep. It's um, pretty trippy. Disney, who has the majority of the hits, yep. right? The majority of the money Everywhere, made at right. the box office is, is Disney. So if you're a theater and I say to you, hey, uh, I'll let you show Frozen, but I'm going to get 70% of the box office. And if you don't like it, you're not going to show Frozen. And the theaters are going, well, (laughs) I got no choice. I got no choice choice. because otherwise I'm going to get some other Lionsgate movie. (laughs) Right. I hate to throw Lionsgate no, under the bus, but I'm going to get some other movie from another studio, right? right. And it's going to do poorly, yep. and I'm not going to get anything. So I'd rather do a deal with Disney, and by doing that, Disney's monopolizing all the theaters. So now, 
Now popcorn's fifty bucks a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Right? Yeah, it, it, they're gonna have to do that. But the bottom <laughs> bottom line is, it's uh, it's the landscape is changing so much. Yeah, it's cool. that it's just harder to put a movie in theaters now. You know. Is, yeah. And I think if Disney, look, this is my opinion. If Disney has the ability to continue to make hits the way it's making, yep. then God bless them. Take every theater. Why not? Yeah, I don't. I don't have an issue with that. Right. There's, they're the ones spending three hundred million dollars a movie. You know. Yep. So crazy. if you don't like being in the movie theater business, then get into something else. Streaming. Wait, how, like, yeah, exactly. I was about to say streaming. Hey, get your pee pee up. Hey, dude, what, what happened to my thing? You fell down. <laughs> But I went to the movies for the first time in years. What? Out. What'd you watch? The <laughs> Irishman. Oh, don't tell me about it. I in want the, to hear about in it. In the theater. I had to I'm not going to tell you about the movie. Read the book. But it was... Uh, okay. Um, Read the book. Wait, there's a book? Yes. There's a book? I heard you paint houses. <laughs> no, keep talking. We're oh, talking. Here we go. Oh, he's um, keep talking, bro. He's, <laughs> but that was the video. first time I've been to a movie theater in probably, I could tell you, seven years. What? Seven, seven years. years. What? No, I'm sorry. I went to the movie theater like four years ago. Oh, my God. But before that was seven years. Is it because of the kids? Um, no, I just don't really like nothing. Dale, really. And you know, dale, I couldn't have. I could have. Stupid. <laughs> I could have missed this, but Lopez was like, Tony, we got to go watch this in the right. theater. Don't be a dick. This is Sorsgazi at its finest. And it was a whole thing. We almost missed it because his ass was late. And luckily, I got there 45 <laughs> minutes early, and there was still lying around the corner. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Did he get a good seat? We did. We actually didn't get bad seats. Uh, they were okay, but they they could have been real bad. Out here in New York? No, right here down the the Egyptian. Right. Um, but it was great. I mean, you know what I mean. But I I just for me, I either get the screeners or I watch it at home. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. I'm in the movie theater every weekend. Are, Are you really good for you? Every man. weekend. Yeah, I am too. Like every weekend, bro. I'm like, what's out? This is what we're yeah. watching. What's this? Like. All yeah. the time. See, but you're a real filmmaker at heart. Like you, you want to see what's going on I'm there. Like, yeah. man, I'm just like movies, TV shows, whatever. Stream too. Though, why, right? why, oh, do, yeah. why do we get into this? What were we talking about? You're drunk, Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Do you think that um, movie theaters are going to continue to exist the way they do? I do. I do. I think so. Am I? Look, is it naive? I don't know. I do think so. I still think that at the end of the day, people want an outing. People want an event. Yeah, now, I think it's just going to force to be like more event-driven movies. Yeah. But sure. I don't think movies ever going to go away. No. Right. I think it's just going to be different types it's of movies. It's going to be events, right? It's going to be You're event, not gonna event go movies. See the indie theater. No, the indie I don't. I, don't, I think much. that's over. It's almost a TV thing now, right? I think, yeah. But then again, TV is just as good, like even yeah. better. I mean, it's crazy. But I still think no matter what, people are going to want that. Because I think as as audiences, as people, we want a communal response to something. I, I, you want to sit in a yeah. theater and go... Oh, we're both laughing at the same thing. I'm okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. There's there's a yeah. tribal thing about it if we want to get into that. But yeah. I do think that. I do think at the end of the day, we all want to go have that experience together. As as Roberts th- is the only guy who cries in like a funny part. I've been in the theater where he claps when <laughs> nobody else does. He's like, dude, what are you doing? What's wrong? <laughs> Stop it. The um, wife got killed. Why are you clapping? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not one more for me. Not me. No, 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 no mas. Some black coffee for him, please. No, no, I'm good. Um, I understand that I'm an older producer. You know, I get it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my conversation has leaned towards, I want to work with new filmmakers. I want to work with new talent. I want to work with young talent. Yep. I want to work with people who are the future of our business you know i'm not the future of our business anymore right you know what i mean how do you feel about that well 
I think, uh, look. Although would, Scorsese's I, not the future, but he's still doing pretty good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right, but, I, it's still, but it's like one of those things. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, we want to get cosmic about it because we're all like, yeah, why not? Do it. Why, let's talk about it. I mean, let's get, co- I mean, let's like, get into it. What does that mean? Like, it's like, we're all, it's like, you ever that true detective line? It's like, yo, time's a flat circle. Like, I don't even know what that means. You know, it's like, what's the future? Like, you are the future if you're influencing the future. Very true. I don't know. Like, you yeah. are the future. I mean, yeah. you're just, you might not be the younger yeah. version of that, but you're still the future if but you're do you think the, the, y- the future. But do you think the young Cessna's out there somewhere that you could, that you could uh, help Oh yeah, move into great areas? That's always been the idea. That's yeah. always been the plan. I mean, plan. that's pretty cool. That's always been the plan is yeah. to develop because... I say this all the time. I'm always on my soapbox about it. It's like <laughs> as Latinos and Latinos in the entertainment industry, like I've been helped out. No joke to this to date. Not saying in the future. I've been helped out more by uh, Black Hollywood in my in my career yeah. than Latinos still. Yeah. And it's not. I don't think it's any bitch way. I just all, what my theory is. Call me wrong. Call me crazy. Is that the Black community has been dealing with the entertainment industry for far longer than the Latinos have. Yeah. And they know the game better. Yep. From the 50s, the music industry, they've understood the game and how that works much more than the Latinos yet. And I think now we're cracking that code and going, okay, hey, let's all create bakers so we can have all the pies as opposed to thinking, there's just this old one pie for Latino pie. Yeah, and right. we all got to slice it a million yep. little ways. Like, fuck that. The black <laughs> community be like, yo, yo, no, let's mm-hmm. become our own, like, We've, they've been enterprises since the 70s. You know, they've they've had their own labels. They've owned that own thing. And I think, you know, like I said, Reggie Hudlin is, a, is who I'm mentored by a lot, you know. And, you know, he just did that Netflix series, The Black Godfather. He did Black Panther. He did a bunch of shit, you know. Yeah. But just understanding more of Black Hollywood's history and, for me, how to infuse that history in the Latino community so what we could do for the next generation and be like, yo, fuck all the shit that they're trying to tell you yeah. Create your own pie, teach others to bake, and then you start having an empire that holds its own with everything else. I mean, yeah. am I wrong? It's just no, we, no, yeah. right. it's right. that, dude. It's just we I haven't think done that's that. What this podcast is about right. Yeah. We just haven't. It's not mainstream talk yet to have that. And no. I think we all. I think because I grew up and there's like, oh yeah, there's still a lot of competition. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, there's no competition, dude. Like we're all we're artists. All yeah. Like, yo, we're all just artists yeah. in this whole thing trying to play in this game. Like, what's the competition? I don't know what to tell you. Like, they yeah. don't all they go. I mean, there's, we're all competitive in like a fun yeah. way. Yeah. But not in like, fuck that guy. He's yeah. going to take my thing. I'm like, dude, that's, you're buying into there's that. So much. You're buying into dude. that game. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's like, you're buying into the idea that there's only the slice of pie for you. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. You know, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. uh, that's just always been me. It's an, and that's a great way to be. There's, it's an interesting conversation though, because, you know, Mario Lopez and I have been friends for a long time. We've yeah. made, we've done a lot of pro- projects together, but probably like you, we lean towards Latino content. Yeah. Right? Stories. Um, and as we've grown up in the business, um, you know, Ash, uh, the expanding universe of Ashley Garcia is it's a big deal. Is a great example a deal, of um, of Thank what you. the future holds for totally for shows like this, right? It's needed. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to relate to as many people as I can with the work that I'm doing. Agreed. Not, you know, yeah, that's always been definitely my approach. Like, and I was I had that same conversation with the person that we spoke about earlier. Like when I first started in the business, I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. 
And they're like, well, I'm like, I was never a soapbox guy. I'm like, I'm not going to hit somebody over the head with my agenda. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to try to make cool shit. There you go. Yeah. And the cool shit, they just so happen to be Latino. Yeah. Or it just so happens to be this kind of story or whatever. And then it's, I'm always that guy. I'm like, I ain't trying to hit you over the head with it. I'm just going to like inception it. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Oh, here we go. David Dave. No, I'm going to go out on a limb. Oh, oh, my I was watching a documentary the other day about... Sonny Liston. Oh. Liston. Okay. Liston? Sonny Liston. And took a dive against Sally, but go ahead. <laughs> right. No, you're right. You're right. There was there's there's a bunch of conspiracy theories there, but what was really fascinating to me was not Sonny Liston. What was fascinating to me was Muhammad Ali. Uh-huh. Because Muhammad Ali was Cassius Clay when he was going to fight Liston. Mm. And then he came out and said, "Oh, Elijah, Elijah Muhammad, Muhammad has given me the new name of Muhammad Ali, and I want everyone to call me that. We don't like Sonny Liston because he's a thug. Yeah. But we, we don't especially don't like, right. don't like that Muhammad Ali right. is like this Muslim mm-hmm. that's connected to Malcolm X. Right. And we're like, we're not going to root for that. Right. We're going to root for this guy that's kind of the lesser of two evils. Right. Yeah. Now, what was interesting about all that is that Muhammad Ali was so charismatic right. that it didn't matter right. what you thought or didn't think, right? What ended up happening is that you ended up loving Cassius because he was like such a showman that you started to ignore the idea that he called himself Muhammad Ali. Like, What was great about it is I started to realize that sometimes personality and likability plays a big factor in culture and whether or not you accept a person or an actor or a storyline, right? Because if you're charismatic, it counts for a lot. Totally. And I have a great story for that. Go ahead. I'll segue into that. No. And and I just (laughs) just wanted to point out that, you know, I I just kept asking myself, if I was living in that time, I would totally say like, all right, I'm going to try to ignore this whole Elijah Muhammad thing. And I'm just going to... Focus in on Muhammad Ali being like this great showman. Yep. And I can't get caught up in his religion. Right. And I got to just love him for who he is. And ultimately, that's what happened. Right. We all ended up loving Muhammad Ali Ali. for the amazing person and the amazing talent that he was and what he brought to entertainment. Right. So, yeah, it was fascinating to me because they finally just started hating listening again. They're like, fuck it. Well, (laughs) it's hard to ignore great talent. Talent wins, Charismatic. Yeah, personality. I mean, he went so far off the rails and still was able to like pull everyone together. I'll tell you one thing I'm so proud of and I have nothing to do with it. We're sitting on the, on the, on the Netflix lot and you've got Ashley Garcia shooting on stage one and you've got Mr. Iglesias shooting on another stage. Uh, Yep. And all of these Latino people hanging out. Peter Marietta. Yeah. Uh, one of our finest writers and uh, and showrunners uh, working on Mr. Iglesias and yeah. and him and me and Mario are working on another thing together. It's just a very cool time. Right. And I think that it's awesome to sit here and talk about it. But the fact is, is if you're Latino in this in this business, go out and get it because it's there for the getting. I agree. You were going to say a story, though. No, no, no. I just had a funny story when you're talking about the Muhammad Ali, not say it was talking about talent winning out. And I, and I had a funny story about that as a kid, which was a, one of those life-altering moments, a sixth grade, sixth grade talent show. I was that one little 
fat Mexican kid in a white in a white <laughs> private school. I went there and there was a talent show, and I had seen La Bamba about a million and a half times. Right, uh-huh. that movie affected my life forever. I want to be Richie Valens. I want to do that talent show. I taught myself how to play the guitar. And I taught myself how to Damn. play La Bamba because I was like, I got to do this. And I taught myself. I'm like, so I did that. And so before that moment, I was like the outcast kind of kid. He was like. He's a little fucking annoying kid, Mexican kid. That just How old were you? I was 10, 11. It was sixth grade. Wow. And I, I did very similar to that. Yeah. <laughs> and I did the talent show, right? And I fucking killed it. Like, legit killed it. Rocked what song it. did you say? La Bamba. La Bamba. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. Man, That's I did the straight. I did La Bamba. They asked for an encore. It was big, bro. I mean, I played it. I sung it. it did was you have thing. an encore? I did have an encore. They asked for it. No shit. Odana. No oh, shit. No, no, yeah. So the next day, everybody was different to me. Of course. School. Of course. Everybody. Yeah. Teachers, students, yes. this, that, and you're like, so the rest of the school Good. year, I was called La Bamba Kid. Yeah. So, but my, what that taught me was hard work, preservation, and talent will always win out and will like allow everybody to see past what they thought of you at the time. Yeah. You know and I'll never is? forget that. Of course. You know what else it is? What's up? Webbles. That's, That's what true. it was too. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? I didn't Levels. think about that. I, no, I mean, to yeah. this day, I don't think about it. This yeah. uh, this uh, is podcast is all about that. That's it. Right? We've had a lot of great people on here. Uh, yeah. Dan Tibbetts, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's big. But yeah, look, I, I I think one of the great things about our about about our business is that it has no conscience. No. No, it doesn't. You know, it just good, bad, or ugly. It yeah. likes yeah. it likes winners. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, I think that that says something about our society and our world. It's just about putting it out there, taking some chances. I think we have to keep being conscious of there's nothing wrong with where you came from. There's nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. you being an immigrant <clears throat> or a Chicano or someone that doesn't exactly connect with where your parents came from. Right. But you are a hybrid and it's part of your journey yep. to deal with that however you deal with it. Yep. And sometimes it makes really cool movies or TV shows. Stories. Yeah. Or stories. Yeah. That's right, David. Yep. Um, let me ask no, you not. something. You were talking about composers earlier. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a company called ExtremeMusic.com? No. Wow. <laughs> ExtremeMusic.com. Library. It's a library, but huge. But you're talking about a huge. Who's part of this library, David? Dave? Oh, Dave, just Dave. a little name called uh, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Wow. Um, and, and Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer and too. Hans. Hey, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> That's what I would call. Hey, what's Hans, up, Hans? Zimmer <laughs> no. and um, Hans, Booby, <laughs> Russell Emanuel, who came up with this company called um, ExtremeMusic.com. And just to, just as a filmmaker to filmmaker, yeah. I did a film, uh, a true crime thing called Love and Betrayal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I did a film. I did a, I did a film called Short Love Stop. and Be- Love and Betrayal that I used the entire seventy eight cues all came from ExtremeMusic.com. Wow, it's pretty amazing, and it turned it out really well. Dope. Robert's yeah. like, thank you, I buddy. I appreciate you. Big yeah. credit on. But all seventy eight cues were from ExtremeMusic.com, and it was really cool because what I did was I went to the site. Yeah. I picked all of the music myself. I went through thousands of songs. Wow. I picked all. I picked our uh, opening title sequence song. I picked the credit song, and I picked every song in between. I picked as many as I could, as many as I could stomach, right? Yeah. I put them all into a file, and I handed that file to my uh, editor. Said temp it. And I said temp it all. Yeah. 
I liked it so much that I went to them it. and I and I kept it wow. and I licensed it all from extrememusic.com. Wow. And uh and it's an amazing thing. And here's the other cool thing about them is that if you have a scene that's a minute long and the song that you've picked is 2 minutes long, if you punch in a minute it gives you a beginning, middle and an end. Wow. Right there. So and edit it like that. Yeah, like and if you cut. yeah, basically wow. edit it. And if you don't like that there's drums in it or it's too driving, you can literally Pick any yeah. instrument wow. and remove it. Wow. I do that all the time. Right. So you can do that on this site. Anyway, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do it all the time with my like, composers. I'm like, man, that's way too much. That's too much cowbell. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or not enough cowbell. Right. Right. So if you are doing a movie, would you consider going to extrememusic.com, checking yeah. it out? Yeah. You never know. You might find no, something there. that'd be there. cool. Anyway, it's terrific. Uh, shout out to Russell Emanuel, Mr. Emanuel, who oh, created my. this incredible uh, hey, shout site. Shout out to his hot sauce. He gave me some. Oh, hot hey, sauce. well, he has a hot bomb, sauce, dude. Yeah, listen, I tried it. It's good. It was Just good. Yesterday, it is delicious. Can wow. I, seriously, seriously, that's no, no better. Right I'm mad at Russell Emanuel because so he only brought two, and I <laughs> you gave you one, one and I gave you one, and I didn't get one. It's so good. Hey, Russell, come on, man. That's funny. By the way, I wrote to Russell from ExtremeMusic.com, and I told him. Oh, here's the here's the little piece we did on our show, and he listened to it, and that's the one of the one of the shows where we said, uh, "Hey, can't get can't get Russell on the phone because we don't have the system to do it." Sure. Well, he wrote back to me and said, "Oh, and by the way, you can get me on the phone anytime." Nice. Oh, so I think okay, uh, as soon as we get a new mixer, which Russell, I think uh, I don't know if you have a mixer laying around over extrememusic.com, <laughs> we'll take it. But if we can get a new mixer, I think we can get him on the phone. Perfect. Let's, Let's do try it. to figure it out. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Thanks for talking about that. It's uh, yeah. it's an important piece of our podcast Absolutely. to introduce people to extrememusic.com because uh, you know not always can you afford uh, a I, composer like no. you because you're a big time filmmaker. I don't you can big time, but you can afford composers. <laughs> I don't know about that. But all right. Well, for right. all your music needs, extrememusic.com. That's great. So let's get into something that's going to be. Let's get into it. Let's get into it because con- this is controversial. All right, we're going to get into it. What are you doing now? I heard from Tootie that you're working with a company that's funding stuff. That's correct. Okay. Wow. What's it, can you name the name of the company? Yeah, Curated by Media. Curated by Media. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this mo- this company you're working at, you're starting to like uh, look for projects for them to do. That's correct. All right. So Tootie told me. Yeah. I'm talking about. Rod Tootie Rinks. Rod the Tootie. The Tootie Rinks. <laughs> he told me that we may be able to work with you. Or, or vice versa. Or oh, vice versa. I might wow. be able to work with you guys. On a film called Santana. So he writes a script. Oh, my God. Though. Which I feel yeah. has like the, this, these really cool elements of old school movies like Death Wish. Right. And also has some social commentary, which I think all films need to have these yeah. days. Right. I think it has it all. And, you know, we've been talking about casting Emilio Rivera. We've been talking about getting um, some of these Maurice Compte, Compte, some great actors that we've already talked to about it. Would you be interested in doing that with us? Yeah. How do we close this right here on the show, man? We got to get you (laughs) off the office. We got to go talk to the money guys. Let's go. (laughs) What do we have to do? What would be the next step? We just go meet up. That's it. He makes this so easy. Yeah. Easy, bro. I mean, that's like. That be basically curated by. Would you be interested in directing? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Let's go. We got something going on here. It's happening right here, right here on. Let's get into it. Seems like the wheelhouse. I mean, let's do it. Well, our goal, our goal is to work with you on this. Um, I think one of the things that we'd like to do is get you the script. You read it. 
Yeah. Maybe do a, a little rewrite with Tootie. And let's try to make this happen. Dude, I'm down. Let's I'm talk about it. Up. Let's get going. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll have some news by the end of the year here. This I is like very that. exciting. I like you don't know. That. I like that. I'm sending it right know. now. I'm getting on my phone. Send right. It over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So right here on Let's Get Into It, we talked about doing Santana. Yep. We talked about him directing, doing a rewrite on it. Maybe yep. we maybe we cut you out of the rewrite. Thanks. <laughs> I know how Roberts is. You're out. You've had a pretty inspiring career. I think one of the things that people can take away from this show is that, you know, you don't have to be in film right away to find your passion in it. Right. You know, you could find it. You can decide you want to do it later, after uh, your appendix bursts. Yeah, <laughs> just wait till a traumatic, a traumatic life right. thing happens. No, you could fi- you can find it later, and, and it's never too late. Look at you, man. Whatever and, that may be. Yeah. Right. Whatever that may be. Find your passion. Yeah. Find the passion, and then make keep making content. Yeah, just keep meeting people. It. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for sharing the story. Um, thank you, Rod City Rinks. Thank you, Dave. Um, Dave. 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 Thank you, guys. We got Gio over here. Gio. We got Sucker Free. Sucker Free. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys very much. This is this was a great one. I think uh, we we created some possibility right here. We might be making a movie with Christian Sesma. Um, well, look, Christian. You're like, fuck, I got to edit know, right? that shit. <laughs> Christian, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, you for sharing your story. Thank you for taking an interest in uh, Santana. We're going to come back to you, uh, figure out what we can do with this, and see if we can make it happen in Arkansas. Dude, I had no no idea. 50%. That's pretty amazing. On everything you spend there. Hey, it's that Bill Clinton state, man. It's crazy. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll we'll see you next time on Let's Get Into It. Good, Roberts. Sorry about calling you Cessna. Give it to that guy. Maybe it'll sound like Cessna.